We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I wanted to jump in quickly and let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David Akinesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Also, thanks for listening and supporting the show. It means a lot to me that you'd spend your time trying to be a better entrepreneur with me. Now, on to my guest for today, James Mulvaney, founder and CEO of Matchmaker.fm, Podcast.co, and Radio.co. If you've been listening a while, you probably know I connect with a lot of my guests through matchmaker.fm. It's an easy-to-use platform that helps podcasters find guests and guests find podcasts. In just about a year, Matchmaker has already grown to over 22,000 users. That's really impressive. Like many businesses, matchmaker.fm grew out of a passion. In this case, James's passion was radio and he intended to pursue a career in it. He eventually realized that the odds were low that he'd ever be a successful DJ. So, to make money, he started an online business, first in design and then offering streaming services. By the time James graduated from university, 
he already had a growing business, which evolved into Radio.co. Since then, he's added Podcast.co and Matchmaker.fm to his successful ventures. James and I talk a lot about what it takes to be a podcaster, and we offer a lot of suggestions to anyone who might want to try to either be a guest on a podcast or if you're even thinking about starting your own podcast. If that's you, this one you do not want to miss. Now, let's get better together. James Mulvaney, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jari. How's it going? It's, you know, it's going great. And you know, what's really cool is like, I talk about matchmaker.fm all the time. I've got over 20 guests from matchmaker.fm and you're the CEO. <laughs> this is awesome. I get to I actually talk to the source. Uh, do you know what? I, I appreciate it. And, and it, it, uh, that, I think that's pr- probably like, we'll probably get onto this later, but like it's guys like you talking about the product in their podcast that help drive like the community and, and, and um, you know, it entices people on board, which just makes it better for everyone. Yeah. I mean, every time I have a guest on your show, I'm always like on Twitter, like, Hey, another great guest. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a podcaster listening to this and you want to interview cool people and you like their product, just start talking about it. So, yeah. Um, because it works and well, not only does it work, but what, what, what you do at matchmaker.fm and you also have podcast.co, Mm. Um, and we'll get to all of this in a second. Um, but I just wanted to kind of preface it is that the, there's a huge need for what you guys are doing. And I just really appreciate that it's something that's easy to use and, and literally gets great guests. So we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But before we get to that, like I always like to say for all my guests, uh, so why don't you tell me how you got to do what you're doing today? All right. So my story is I, I've always loved audio, right? When I grew up, I used to love listening to radio. I think sometimes I prefer listening to the radio than watching TV or playing on computer games. And then I, I, when I was like 16, 17, I was like, I want to go and be that guy behind the microphone. I wanted to go into radio as a DJ, spin the records, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I kind of started getting some work experience in the industry and I did enjoy it. Um, but also I was pretty... I think I was pretty motivated and driven. And I, I also at that phase of my life had started to like make money online by, and, and I started out designing like graphics. So I was like 16 years old. I just finished uh, high school and I was, yeah, using my kind of summer holidays to just make some money on the side. So I thought, right, I could go to radio, but like the chances of you actually making it like big time are so, so slim, you know, like there's lots of people in the industry who, you know, earn living, but there's very few people who hit that kind of top, top 10% of like, you know, big, big, big stars or big radio celebrities. So I thought, okay, well, that that's maybe, you know, it's quite a tricky industry to crack anyway. So I thought like, well, what's the plan B? And I was also learning how to build websites and and I was quite interested in like writing code and designing sites, building sites. And as I say, I was doing this stuff on the side, went off to university then to do um, a degree in interactive multimedia, which is just kind of like a fancy term for web design. And uh, whilst I was at uni, I, I, I was like, well, I know a bit about the radio industry. What could I turn my skill set in, into a business? And I created a, a, a company selling streaming media services online. When I say a company, it was just me in my dorm room, right? And uh, going home after nights out at three, four o'clock in the morning and responding to clients like drunk, uh, 
they probably didn't know, you know, <laughs> they probably didn't. They're just like, God, he's so responsive. It's three in the morning. Yeah. What the heck? And uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but that was probably like uh, late evening in the US time. And as I say, a lot, a lot of our, our clients were always, always in the US and still are today. And yeah, so that's kind of how it, how it all got started. I was just really interested in audio and, and sort of put the, put the internet and audio together. Um, when I graduated uni, I was in a really lucky position where the business had grown to a point where I didn't have to go out and find a job. So I just uh, used the next few years to sort of um, turn it from a kind of bedroom business into a proper business with offices and staff and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then uh, we we kind of evolved into what is now Radio.co, which we launched in 2015. Uh, we've got about 5,000 radio stations using our platform now. And then uh, podcasting about three years ago, podcasting sort of was take, having this sort of resurgence and it seemed like an- another step forward it seems like something else that we could get into and the teams my team's experience sort of lent itself really well to 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 building a podcasting platform um so so we kind of decided to to launch podcast.co really Uh, and and obviously there's like some crossover in the customer base a lot of radio stations will have podcasts but not every podcaster wants a radio station so they are two separate businesses as well yeah true that's true and so then how did matchmaker come about so what matchmaker was a really just by accident, like it came around because, you know, obviously I'd been on other people's podcasts as a guest. I'd run a couple of my own podcasts. We were looking at different ways of like, how could we attract people to use the podcast.co platform? And we kind of, we were looking at different funnels that we could create. Uh, so we, we built these two landing pages, which initially we we had this idea of this matchmaker system, but we didn't want to actually spend time building it because you, to, to you know to develop a web platform takes obviously a lot of time and quite a bit of money and uh, we thought well we we need to make sure that there's like a demand so let's just let's just put these two google forms on the site so we created a page on podcast.co saying look if you want to be a guest on sh- other people's shows please come tell us a bit about yourself effectively like asking people to create a profile about themselves so you know tell us about what your area of expertise is why should people book you for their show and likewise, we had another page which was aimed towards podcasters saying, look, do you want the best guests? We can hook you up with them. Of course, we couldn't. And then we ended up suddenly like a few months down the line. <laughs> with these Fake two. it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's minimum viable products. And that's literally right. what it was. We spent, right. we spent pretty much zero dollars creating this, these two funnels. But we thought, oh, you know, we've got a few leads in and maybe then we can sell on podcast hosting. But then we we suddenly had like probably a few months down the line, like two, three hundred responses to each form. And these weren't just like enter your name, enter your email, submit. This was like, you know, give us your name, give us your email, what subjects of interest, you know, what sort of guest you want it. So it was it was asking people for quite a bit of information. The fact that they were going to this length to actually fill out this Google form. And then we realized, well, actually, we've got we've got no way of connecting these two groups of people together. We thought, well, this is this is number one, there's, there's an opportunity here. And number two, well, it kind of felt bad because we were like, well, we're going to do all this, all this, all this information. So at that stage, we, we kind of designed what is now matchmaker. Um, initially we just sat down with our sort of designer, UI, UI designer and just created the interface. And then we kind of thought about the brand day brand name. And we thought, well, it kind of is almost like Tinder for podcasters, which is where the name matchmaker kind of came in. Um, and yeah, sort of back end of 2019, we had some, we had a developer who, uh, who just kind of joined the company and we thought, well, this would be cool, like first project for him to work on. Um, so he, he, he sort of created like the initial prototype. 
we launched it in uh, February 2020, so about one year ago almost. And uh, and I remember when we first launched, like we, I was sort of petrified because I thought, well, no one's going to want to sign up to this thing if there's no one on there. You know, like if we, so, we, we obviously had these this sort of list of I think two or three hundred different people who right. expressed interest. So we they were really like our kind of initial beta testers, um, and obviously you re, you re outreach to them, and some will sign up, and others just ignored you. And, and so I think we kind of got like a couple of hundred people on there, like relatively quickly within the sort of first maybe three or four weeks. And then I remember thinking, oh, you know, we need to try and get to a thousand users, and that's going to be tricky now because we've exhausted our our options here. Uh, in terms of we've got our existing customers using it and we've got the first the people who have expressed interest so how do we now get to to a thousand and um that that really has been the sort of the journey that over the past year is we've we've managed to take the community from a couple of hundred users this time last year to like we're just about to hit twenty two thousand, which is really exciting yeah no i mean i'm I'm trying, as you were talking about it, I'm trying to figure out like where I first saw matchmaker.fm. Yeah, that's, and, a, that's an interesting question. Yeah. And, you know, I used this a bunch of other services mm. um, and just was trying to like, so I, I started my podcast March 16th, 2020. Right. That day is significant for two reasons. First, it's my mother's birthday. Mm-hmm. And second, it was the abs- It was the first day of shelter in place in San Francisco. They're literally like, boom. And that's the start yeah. of the COVID, the technical start of COVID. And I just remember, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to get guests? How am I going to like vet them? What's the process I need to use? Because I was, you know, the process of doing a podcast, people may think it's sort of easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get going, it is. But audio and editing and putting it up and all that sort of stuff and getting guests. The guests are like the hardest part because it's sort of tough to like, who would be a good guest, (laughs) you know? And, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's a really tough nut to crack. And not only is it a tough nut to crack for the host, but let's say you want to go on podcasts. Like, where do you find them? I mean, you can go to Apple and stuff, but it's tough that way to outreach. Mm. And so. Again, it's just, it's, it's, it's the, the, you know, because again, we uh, with my podcast in the past and different podcasts I've run, and for our, some of the clients we work with, you know, sometimes you reach out to people and they don't really want they, especially if they're like in business and they've never been on a podcast before, you've kind of got this barrier and they're like immediately like, mm, you know, do we do I really want to do this? I kind of feel weird about recording myself. So this is where Matchmaker comes in because everyone on there is sort of like predisposed, aren't they? They already want to be on podcasts or they've already been on them. And I think you kind of, you, you get, you, you reduce the sort of um, the, the amount of outreach you have to do uh, and people sort of turning around and saying, nah, it's not for me I, or I'm too busy or whatever. So. Yeah, no. And, and that, that's actually a really good point because <clears throat> the, <laughs> we were talking a little bit before we started recording and it's like, you know, you, you, you mentioned, Hey, I really wanted to be in radio. So you have a predisposition to like actually be able to talk into a microphone and you kind of know what to talk about. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> I interview, um, it's not, that's not necessarily their first time on a podcast, but mm-hmm. you can tell the level of anxiety is pretty high. And, yeah. you know, they want to have a pre-meeting and this and that, and what are the yeah. questions you're going to ask me? And I'm like, look, it's like we're having coffee. Don't like, don't overthink it. <laughs> that was a, that was something. It's exactly my experience. Like when I interviewed um, the founder of a company and he was like, 
he was really he, he came on eventually and it was a good conversation but i had to like really talk him into it and i had to go for like a coffee with him before and um yeah i, I remember just thinking like this guy like it was it was great he had so many stories to tell but even after we'd done the interview he was still freaked out about it he was like oh, i don't know if this yeah. is good yeah. say the right things i was like yeah, yeah it was fine i know it's like so how do you how do you like convince people of that. Cause see what's, what's really interesting is the reason why I started the podcast is one, I was sick of blogging. <laughs> it's like, mm. uh, I've been blogging for over a decade. So it's like, uh, can we just, you know, I still write a lot, but like, I, I don't want to blog anymore. Uh-huh. But then the other thing is I have a real hard time networking and I have, I'm actually, a, I wouldn't say, it, well, I'm, I'm this highly functional introvert that, that, has a tough time, you know, with this sort of thing. And so I'm like, well, how am I going to learn how to, you know, like do more interaction where, you know, I can like put myself out there and talk to people and like really learn how to do that. And the original idea of this was I was going to only do this live. I was literally going to have a recorder and I was going to go and say like, we're going to do a podcast and I'm going to be, we're going to be live in person across the room, you know, like we're going to have a cup of coffee and then Boom, COVID hit. <laughs> so, um, what are some of the skills that you think uh, potential guests? Because I think this this relates more to guests. I mean, there's some more stuff for the podcaster themselves, but yeah, for a guest, what have you sort of seen as like the best way to approach this? Uh, right. Okay. Uh, th- there's 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 like there's so many different factors, I and mean, of course, it depends on your personality. And it's really interesting what you said about you know you don't necessarily always like networking because I'm kind of the same. Like I, I quite happily sit and pe- talk to people on podcasts. I quite happily sit in front of a camera or behind a microphone. But I sometimes just find if you go like if I'm at um, and I do go to uh, you know networking events, uh, you know when you're at conferences or whatever, and obviously less so this year. But I do find that whole thing when you're just in a room with a load of people you don't know, like really overwhelming, intimidating. And I find it much easier to, to speak to people when I'm doing podcasts. So maybe it's the same thing. Like, I guess like some other people may also have that. But I think in terms of like tips for being a guest, um, remember it just to treat it like a conversation. Firstly, it's not it doesn't have to be an interview. It doesn't have to be super formal. You don't have to sit there and be all like a serious news reporter or just kind of likewise on the other extreme, be like this big hype man or big cool DJ or whatever. So just be yourself. Don't worry. Don't worry too much about how you sound. You know, you don't need to change your voice. You don't need to sound a certain way. It's just a conversation just with one other person and just think, the people are like the listeners are almost just like listening into that conversation, like eavesdropping. Um, I think too, respect the host. I think there's been some of the worst interviews I've done as a, as a podcaster is when someone just comes in and they just go in all guns blazing, you know, and just don't give you a chance as the host to actually uh, interview them. So just respect the fact that it's their show and allow them to kind of lead the conversation. Don't stick too rigidly to a script or be too harsh at how you're pitching straight away. Like, like again, I've, I've had I've done some terrible interviews like on my live stream. I remember there's this guy who just came in and was just pitching, pitching, pitching from the get-go. And I just I was sat there just like, are you serious, dude? Like, do you, why why can't why can't I <laughs> ask you some questions? <laughs> That's a good and, one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then and then sort of fi- finally just bring your energy. Like you can't sit there and be monotone. And I think especially when someone's listening to you down a microphone, just give give it like 10 or 20% more than your normal personality. Because I think if you just amplify your normal self just a little bit, you know, uh, it just comes across well when you're you're watching or you're listening in. Yeah. 
No, no, that, thank you for that. I mean, I, I found the same thing. You know, it's funny because like before we record on any of the shows that I do, I always tell people, I say, look, this is an entrepreneur podcast, which yeah. means you should be pitching what you're doing. Yeah. And feel free, right? This is what we do. Some people take that too literally. <laughs> and the whole thing's a pitch. And yeah. I think what's beautiful when people get it right uh, is is this is like what you said, exactly perfect. Like tell stories about who you are, yeah. have your personality come through. Don't worry that you're not quote unquote interesting enough because everyone has a story to tell, no matter how boring you think it is. And the more authentic you are, this it the better it will come across and i've seen this like one of the shows i did early on uh was this guy his name was richard reese and he was really nervous and, and i'm sorry richard for <laughs> for ratting you out on this but he he did such a good job on this on when when i interviewed him because he was working on this thing he's really passionate about and it was uh-huh. this thing called most recommended books And I'm like, well, so tell me how you built this thing. And he just was going through this whole thing and just like, wow, this is really fast. Like he just loved the fact that he could build this website about books that were the most recommended by celebrities and famous people. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was, you could tell like he just loved this and it's like, that's it. Yeah. That's the, that's the nugget right there. Like when you talk about something that you love so much that you're so proud of, you're, you will come through in such a beautiful way. And, and I remember, yeah, and, and it, 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 yeah. In a sense, he's doing a great job of actually pitching that without being like too salesy about it at the same time, because it's like, you know, you, you, you're telling the story. It's like, I guess I was telling before about matchmaker and sort of explaining about how we kind of built it, but like, I'm not doing them straight. This is what a matchmaker can do for you. You know, it's a case of like, <laughs> this is like how we got to this situation where we have this awesome platform. But like, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to be like super salesy. You know, there's always a chance at the, at the end of podcast normally to sort of like do this, the, the, I don't know, elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it. But I don't right. think that's necessarily like the way you should be going into a podcast. No, no, not at all. Agreed. Totally agree. Cause it's yeah. what's interesting about it is like, it's the, what, what people love the most that I've found is they love the journey. Like, how did I get from A to B? Because we know going from A to B is this ziggy zaggy, like who knows if it's going to work. I mean, you know, even like your example, like I have no idea if this matchmaker thing is going to work. We put a form on a couple of pages. People did stuff. And then we're like, now what? <laughs> I have no idea what to yeah. do. Like so many times people think of the end game as like, oh, you've got all these great things, but then like, how did you get there? And that is the most fascinating story. And I I can really appreciate that because you know the 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 zigs and zags of entrepreneurship are like what make it interesting and fun. And mm. you know, not all of us are gonna make it, right? We're not all gonna be like super rich or whatever, mm. but the reason why we do the job is because, or the job or the career, or the vocation or whatever is because we really enjoy the journey. And I, the thing that I really like about what you're doing at matchmaker.fm, other than it's beautiful, it works. It does one thing really well. It's not yeah. like some of these other ones where it's like rate them and this. And I mean, like to, it, it's like the best lesson in solve one problem. <laughs> Do it really, really well and have a very simple to use interface. I mean, there's this other one I'm on. I don't rem- I, I, I don't even remember the name of it because it's like, I just can't, I don't use it anymore. 
but what they what they were what they were stolen you from (laughs) exactly i mean what they were trying to do was not only be a directory of podcasts for discovery yeah they were also trying to be a match you know like oh you want to be on a thing you can do this they were also trying to do this and like they had so many things going on and the lesson for for most entrepreneurs well all entrepreneurs is just find that one thing and Mm. do it really well and so yeah even and, and I think as well, like it's like you can always once you kind of found that one thing, there's always room to then to expand on and, and, and sort of like grow from that from there. But I think to begin with, I completely agree with you. I think to begin with, if you try and and this is like, you know, I, I've built lots of products now. And I think one of the most key things to, to, to sort of the products that I've built has always just been simplicity. Like it's just about making that whole user journey simple and not overwhelming the end user. Cause like, if you give people too many choices, they get confused. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that is so true. Cause see, you know, when I, when I do a bunch of this storytelling stuff for, for mm. my PR marketing firm, I, I always, well, I tend to work with technical people I tend to work with tech startups. Right. And it is amazing how complex someone makes what they do. Because either they understand it fully, which a lot of them do, um, but the problem is, is that people get confused. And even if you're super smart, even if you're like PhD, MD, JD, alphabet soup after your name kind of guy or gal, right? Like cognitively, you are completely overwhelmed. And it doesn't matter how smart you are, this, the message is not going to get through unless it's simple. Mm. And the same goes for products and services the simpler it can be made and the, 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 you know, find a need and fill it like that. Your, your MVP was a really good example of that. <clears throat> the, the easier it is gonna to like viral is the wrong word, but like get traction. Right. Yeah. And so now that you've done it for a year, you're almost at 22,000 members or 22,000 um, users. What's next for it? What, what's sort of the next evolution of, of matchmaker? So we're doing a few things to sort of improve the platform. Um, firstly, we're working on a mobile app, which we're just trying to get through Apple's dang approval process at the moment, which is kind of throwing us back. But we hopefully we should have the mobile. It's a kind of a companion app to begin with. So it's really it's like an inbox type app for, for matchmaker users. And we'll hopefully then grow that out as, as the year progresses. Um, we need to try and increase like engagement on the platform. Like that's the problem we've got. We've got lots of users now. We need to try and focus on keeping people engaged and keeping them, you know, making sure that if you message someone, you're going to get a response. Like that's a certainly a problem we've kind of identified is like some people sign up and then they'll just forget about it. So we need to try and give people. A, and I think the mobile app's going to help with that quite a lot. Um, we're in, introducing our recommendation engine, which is kind of making it a bit more AI, a bit more savvy. So rather than at the moment, you you kind of have these manual filters where you can say, um, you know, find people who are interested in books, for example, or find people who are interested in health and fitness. This is going to be more of an intelligent system that matches people based on like a profile scoring system and everything like that. So hopefully we'll get, we'll give, um, cause again, this is one of the other problems. Now there's so many people on the platform. It's quite hard to go through everyone. So we want to try and, make more of an intelligent match you know say okay these are the sort of podcasts that you've um you you know you've already engaged with or these sort of uh, areas your podcast involved with here here are podcasts that we think are going to be a good match for you um 
and then finally just adding more functionality so like we're, we're we're introducing like a booking system directly on the platform so the idea is we're going to eradicate the need for using like calendly or one of these third-party tools oh so it's just built right into matchmaker um and good idea good yeah, idea yeah good and, and, and idea again, and and again, it, one of the one of the issues we've got is we currently we don't really track like how many podcasts that people have been on. So we want to know what our users are, are working like, and, and we can, we want to be able to say, you know, okay, if this guy's been or girl's been on like ten podcasts, then you know that's great. That give them a, a better ranking. So again, it just will help with the sort of the algorithm moving forward. So it's just really about making the whole platform smarter. I think. Um, Aside from that, we are working with we're working on, on creating like an agency style function. So at the moment, it's very much just like one user to one user. We have lots of um, clients who either represent other people, like perhaps you might do, in you know in the PR world, yep, yep, uh, yep. influencer world. So they might say represent uh, you know ten or fifteen different folks and want to mm-hmm. get them you know manage them all under one account. So we're kind of making it more agency friendly as well. So that's yeah. kind of like a snapshot of what we're trying to work on. I'd say over the next like six months, really. But some of those things are pretty close to actually like the the um the improved recommendations are pretty close to being released. I think they'll be out probably by the end of February. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. No, that is you know, what's interesting is yeah, so I get pitched a lot on on the platform and mm. it's actually a nice I mean, you know, the 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 way it works is it's actually really cool. And, you know, I get an email, oh, someone wants to connect, you know, <laughs> yeah. cool, you know. Um, but what's interesting is that are, are, have you guys thought about doing any kind of education on how to be like a better guest or how yeah. to be a better podcaster? Because honestly, I get pitched a lot. And I mean, I get pitched a lot in general and I pitch a lot because that's my job. But yeah. boy, some people do not know how to pitch <laughs> at I all. Agree. Like, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. We, yeah, we we have we have got uh, a blog for Matchmaker, which which to be fair, yeah, we've only really just recently started on. Um, so there is some content on there. You know, I've done a few YouTube videos on the subject on my channel. We've got a Matchmaker YouTube channel. I think maybe we're not doing the best job at the moment of like making people aware of this. Like when someone goes onto the platform. The last thing we want someone to do is just send out the same message to like 10, 15 people because, you know, you know, as well as I do, it's just not, it's not effective. You need to be at least tailoring your pitch somewhat to the podcast that you're approaching, even if oh, you yeah. just, you know, oh, like yeah. you, it doesn't have to necessarily be 100% unique for every single person, but like nope. just approaching someone saying, hi, I want to be on your podcast. It's just rubbish. <laughs> like, you know, there's not... You, you, you've got to you've got to put in more effort than that, I think. And you do, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. I've just done a, a a short course actually, which people could grab for free. It's uh, if you go to beyondpodcast.com. Uh, let me just double check that URL is right. It is beyond podcast. Yeah, beyondpodcast.com. Um, and it's just literally like a six part video series, which is aimed specifically at guests. So it's for like authors and speakers and people who are maybe new to going into the w- world of podcasting as a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just basically talks through exactly how to like form your pitch you know, how to write sort of like effective messages and how mm-hmm. to try and tailor it and also how to break down your like areas of expertise into different things. So you can kind of say, okay, well, if I'm an expert in health and fitness, say, or nutrition, maybe I don't necessarily need to go just after nutrition podcasts, but I could look at going after like sports podcasts, you know, mm. because that, that mm. knowledge is transferable. It's, yeah. So it's sort of, it, it kind of gives you a strategy to, on how you can like break down your knowledge and sort of transfer it over to different kind of different topics, really, and start forming your stories. Yeah. 
For sure. No. And, you know, as a PR and marketing professional, as I like to say, (laughs) um, the, the most powerful way to pitch someone just for everyone that's listening is you want to keep it short. You want to make it unique uh, and you want to be very respectful. So part, some of the pitches that I get, they're too long and they're just, they're not specific enough. So um, as a general rule, you want to have your pitch be no more than a couple paragraphs with a literally one question at the end. You know, would I be a good fit for your podcast? Question mark. That's it. <clears throat> and the most effective pitches, at least that that get me to respond, as well as get other people to respond to my pitches, all have to do with making some sort of connection to the host that's unique or like, hey, I really liked what you talked about here. Or, you know what? I talk about this too, and it'd be really great if. And if you're using a, uh, if you've got a publicist or, you know, service or whatever and and you're trying to pitch a host or, or your 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 people are pitching on your behalf just make sure up front that, that you say that like hi i'm blah 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 from you know like make sure that we know that it's like not you um <clears throat> because we can tell <laughs> it's yeah. really it's pretty easy um but it, it, it's powerful to have a you can still have a template so that is great. This, you know, beyondpodcast.com. I'm glad they did this, but you can have a template and you, and I think what you should do is have a very specific list of people that you're going to talk about a specific thing that's as unique to you as possible. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do get pitched a lot um, on the platform is from coaches, self-help. All, I mean, for whatever reason, they're really good at like promotion and every yeah. entrepreneur should literally f- like learn from coaches self-help people and all, all of them. Cause they really know how to promote themselves because <laughs> it's yeah. their job, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and also that's, that I suppose that that's their job to is to inspire that confidence in others. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's amazing because like, I would say at least 60 to 70% of the pitches I get are from coaches or some sort of self, like I can teach you how to do this, which is great. But you know, if you're, doing something that's a little more, that's different than that. Let's say you're a software entrepreneur, hardware entrepreneur, which is what I'm trying to focus on is more hardware entrepreneurs because no one talks to them for whatever reason. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they don't, and maybe they're just busy or whatever. Maybe I think you're like, you know, you've got a good point. Maybe they aren't very good at promoting themselves. Like I think there's lots of um, sort of like founders. Like I was, I was chatting to a guy earlier about podcasts I'm going to be on next week. And he was saying there's so many podcasts out there where it's like founder to founder, like, or CEO to CEO. And there's like lots and lots of software people, you know? Um, so maybe hardware founders are a bit kind of more quieter and introverted. And as a result, they don't like, yeah, out I, there, right? that, yeah. I mean, when, even on the platform, when I look up like IOT internet of things, so I'll yeah. literally like IOT, there's five people that come up, I think yeah. maybe. And then when you look up like SaaS or you look up a, like coaching, <laughs> it's like pages and pages and pages. Yeah. And and that's fine, right? That, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, as a coach or a programmer, whatever you have to do, of course, you're trying to hustle. And again, like all entrepreneurs should like look at the coaching people and the self-help people and be like, that's how you promote yourself because they're actually really good at it. Um, unfortunately, I can't talk to all of them. Um, but if you are going to pitch a host, especially like know what we talk about, that's the other thing that's just like, 
really like, I don't even talk about that stuff. Um, but it is kind of interesting. And I, I do hope you guys do a lot more um, kind of education. Cause I think now that you've got some critical mass, it's just going to help everyone to really like hone in on this is how to be a better host. This is how to be a better guest, right? Because that's just going to help everyone. And, and I think as this kind of medium evolves, I mean, we're sort of at, I don't know if we're at like maximum hype on podcasting, but we're clearly, you know, it's here to stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's uh, I would have thought this time last year that we weren't, but then last year proved to, you know, grow like massively Joe Rogan, yeah. Spotify, blah, 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 yeah. millions of dollars. So who knows, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think, I don't know if we have even reached maximum height. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we have, I don't think we have, Maybe but what's going to, what's going to be really interesting is how the medium evolves <clears throat> because I, I saw some statistic that, you know, most podcasts last like five or six episodes. Um, yeah. And then they go away or they get a couple of downloads. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have any statistics on that? Because the other Probably. thing that's really poor with yeah. podcasting is there's no numbers. Like you can't figure out like who's you get the, you know, the apples and the Spotify top, but you don't know. Like no one really knows like what's going on, which is. No. Uh, do I have some statistics off the top of my head? No, but I'm sure if you go on podcast.co, you, there's probably <laughs> lots of like useful articles on there with loads of stats. I, I agree. Like there, there, I think it's something like most, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that don't make it to, I don't think it's even six. I think it's like three or four episodes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there's tons and tons of ghost podcasts out there where it's like people just record an episode, two episodes. I think the thing is like when, when people ask me for advice, I'll, I'm starting a podcast it's not about what is going to be in episode one. You should be trying to think, okay, what's going to be like in my first series. Mm -hmm. So plan mm -hmm. out those first episodes or, or at least have a topic that you want to talk about in each episode. And then you can easily just go out and find guests who can then give their expertise on those topics, you know, and then you've got your first series under your belt straight away without having to, to spend like lots of time doing research. It's just figure out the story that you want to tell in that first ser series. But there's too many people who just will just think, okay, I've got a great idea for like episodes one and two. And then they, after episode six or whatever, they start think, scratching their head thinking, oh, you know. And also the other thing as well, don't have to, you don't have to commit if you're thinking about starting one to doing a whole, like doing it every single week all year round. Like do it in seasons or series or whatever you want to call them. Like you can record eight episodes, have a little break, come back to it, do a second season, you know. Uh, and uh, again, sometimes it can be, great for time management if you do that because you're not constantly just like burdened with having to record and edit every week which is fine for some and not for others but you know that's that's kind of um that's sort of my take on it anyway yeah no totally true i mean <clears throat> i try to do an episode a week um i sometimes do two a week just because i'm practicing yeah um, and i think i'm at 80 something i don't remember um, that's good 80, yeah. considering you started a year ago like uh, <laughs> thank you yeah yeah that's really good i think uh, yeah I, I think so i think so and and what's interesting is that the once you get going and and you have a consistent process and you actually um i've done a lot of things to make it easier for me which this is the thing that's really challenging about podcasting is it takes way more time and effort than a blog post, clearly, right? If you're the host and you're doing it all yourself, you know, for every hour of audio, it's like four to five hours to do, right? It's the setup, the recording, like all that stuff, right? 
And that's why it's such a, that's why people like get excited and then they fall off the cliff because <laughs> it's like, oh, this is actually a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, and so minimizing all of those like things you don't need, like one example that, that people don't need are, are like the pre-interview, like, oh, can we jump on a quick 15 minute call before we're going to do the podcast in two weeks? And I'm like, no, like, what, why do you have to, <laughs> why, why do we have to do a pre-interview? Like, listen to my show uh, for me as an example listen to my show. Like I do this, like, I know what I'm doing. You, you can ask me any question you want. I don't need the questions ahead of time. Now I know some people aren't like that. And I know some people are getting afraid. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, bash that uh, forever, but it's just like a waste of time. Like make it easy for the guests to come on and talk about what they want to talk about. Mm. And what's really great about like what you're doing is like, if you're on Insta, like I, I'm, I follow you guys on Instagram and I love your little videos, like your little advice videos, mm. which I mean, the medium of Instagram is perfect for that, but just so well done to be like, here's a snippet. This is how to get better. This is how to do something because, you know, again, like if, if you're getting into the, to doing this, it's, it's actually a really great way to promote what you do. Uh -huh. If you're, if you're a podcaster, I found it's like a great way for me to talk to interesting people. So I'm like, Oh, just come on the pod. I'm like, Oh, you have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, and then they go, Oh, wow. You've done 80 episodes. Wow. You must know what you're doing. Or at least I'm really good at faking it. But you know what I mean? It's like the, the medium is such a rich medium for conversations that can develop, talk about topics. And it really is a good way to get to know someone. And, and I think you know, as, as it moves forward and, 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 you know, there's going to be more and more people doing it. Um, I really see matchmaker.fm. I mean, honestly, just such a great like tool to not only manage that process, but I think the next evolution, which you've already started talking about, it's like making it easier to interact, making it easier to book, making it easier to be sort of like reducing the friction in the funnel for lack of a better word yeah completely yeah that's that's the that's the plan really you know like um we're at a good level now where it's sort of growing fairly organically you know the the thing is as well one of the things we focus on is quality like we've done a lot of manual outreach over the last year you know via linkedin and things just inviting people to be on the platform and contacting them saying look would you would you care to join um, because we think your your area you, you've got some skills that will be really really useful to to podcasters on a platform, and likewise the same with podcasters. So like that's kind of been focus, focusing on quality has been an important thing. Um, we only recently just opened the platform up, so uh, previously it was like a, a closed environment. E.g., Google couldn't crawl like your profile pages. Now it's um, now it's been all opened up. So again, that's kind of had an impact on like we're seeing more and more people signing up every day now. Um, and of course, it will increase discoverability for guests as well, because Google can actually find you on Matchmaker, whereas before you had to be logged in to see someone or to, to find a podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes over the next year. I think, um, you know, we, we've got some exciting plans. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man, because again, like I, I always try to figure out how can I make my life easier so they can do what I, what I'm good at. Right. So yeah. as entrepreneurs, we sometimes try to do too many things. So, and I'll learn this the hard way. So <laughs> just so, just so everyone knows, like th this is a really hard thing to do. So yes, I could do lots of things. I can actually do, um, 
probably everything I need to do in order to, to run a podcast or whatever. Um, but what was interesting is that there's some things that only you can do. Like I'm the only one that can host because I have to talk to the guests, right? So <laughs> I'm the only one, right? Unless they have a robot that sounds like me, maybe one day. Uh, but the but I'm the only one that can do the interview. And so like the show notes and some of these other things, I don't need to do that. Mm. And and once you realize that, that that's the case and, you know, you start to like, make these decisions where you can spend a little money or do a little process improvement, it starts to become more enjoyable. Yeah. And as it becomes more enjoyable and as you're like, look, man, I'm just really getting better at this. I mean, I've seen like from my first episode to this episode, you know, it, it's, it's helped me tremendously to get over this. Like, I would say it's a bit of a fear of like, Oh God, I got to get to know someone. I got, oh, how am I going to, you know, this is, you know, cause again, like again, introvert, you know, it's highly functional yeah. introvert. I, I find that, you know, as, as you do stuff more and as you know, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. And you have tools like matchmaker.fm and you know, your other, your other company, um, the, the enjoyment shit comes through. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used to dread doing this to be honest. Oh yeah. <laughs> Was it one of these things then? I think you maybe like to begin with, it was like you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Yeah, it was, some, it was, it was a lot to do with that. And it was also, you know, when I wrote the book, so the, the podcast is based on the book, right? The Entrepreneur Ethos. And I was really adamant about, look, we got to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur community, which in turn will build a more ethical, inclusive, and you know, resilient world. Like just mm. fundamentally agree, believe that. Right? I, I can't see how you can't not agree with that, right? Okay, well, how do you do that? How, who's talking about this? Like every entrepreneur I know is like busy, you know, trying to crush it, <laughs> you know? Well, the one, the one way you can do that is if you um, have a medium that's beneficial to them. So I'm like, well, if people want to talk to me, it's got to be beneficial for them. Well, how's it going to be beneficial for them? Oh, I'll do a podcast. I'll interview them. I'll ask them cool questions. They can pitch their company. They can like get some promotion out of it. And then the nice thing is, is it lives on in time. Like, like it's there. Right. And then, but once you kind of realize that, then you're like, oh, okay, well, how do I do that? How do I get guests? How do I like make this process easy so I could do what I enjoy and what I love and, 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 and what I've actually um, come to love. I didn't really initially love it. I was like, ah, oh, I want to do this again. It's too much. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just find it like really, you know, the, the, the story of matchmaker.fm is the, is actually the perfect case study in like minimum viable product. Is there a need and then go build to need, yeah. which a lot of entrepreneurs don't do. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been there before though. I've had yeah, businesses yeah. I've like failed I, and uh, you know, like I, I've, I've spent lots of money in, in the past building a platform, uh, a couple of different uh, businesses I've had and, and and they've just been like probably built, built more on like assumptions or thinking, Oh, there's a, a fair penny to be made here or whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you, you make those mistakes. That's what I, I, I've never really had this gone through this. And again, this, this product for me as an entrepreneur is really exciting because it's completely different to anything else we've run. Uh, we normally have service software as a service-based businesses, um, you know, where you're saying, right, okay, you pay us X amount a month and you, you get this in return. 
this is like something really exciting because it's a community. It's so so different to products, uh, and and also as well, like it's it's really rewarding. I find it just like as an entrepreneur, really emotionally, really rewarding. When just you hear people say, "Oh, I've just had all these fantastic results," whereas normally, like when you run service based product companies, a lot of the time it's like, "Oh, how can we optimize this? How can we?" Uh, make this more efficient or just how come dealing with tech support issues and, and those kind of stuff so so, so it's a, it's completely different to, to what i'm used to but it's been been a hell of a ride so far and i can't wait to see what what it's going to pan out like to be over the next couple of years i really can't yeah it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be something pretty big i think the only thing you got to worry about um is if it's too big um, <laughs> Maybe, well, yeah. no, well, so like trends, I have, do you know about trends, the trends.co it's the hustles. Um, I have seen it. I have seen it. I haven't yeah. spent much time on it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. Like I know the CEO, I literally invested a little money in that company when they were doing some seed invest round, they just really? got bought by, yeah, they just got bought by HubSpot. Like, so like, yeah, you know, I would take some of my players to go visit him. Like here's a Silicon Valley company. Mm. And trends like the second that he dropped trends i'm like i'm in how much is it i don't care how much i'm I'm in because it's like god this is great this was like a year and a half ago i think and was beautiful it's just like this great email you got you know it's a paid for service it's all this um intelligence on the startup you know all these signals and all these cool trends like hey another business this and that right yeah and then what happened was they're like oh we're going to do this facebook group I'm like, cool, great. So there's this Facebook group you can get in and like, you know, all these, just so many different entrepreneurs that are just like going, you know, going crazy. And so over time, it's just exploded, right? Mm. To the point where it's completely overwhelming, at least to me, right? I, I can't go in this Facebook group anymore because it's too much. It's like, I, I'd spend my whole day, right? Yeah. And so the curation is tough when you've got a, a big group, right? But what's what's super interesting about, and I think the reason why they got bought was that that um, community of people are highly, highly specialized. They're very engaged. I mean, very engaged. It's, it's insane how much the engagement is. And as they built it, they just realized, oh, wow, these are people that will buy products and services that we recommend, that we, you know, that, that the community thinks is good. This yeah. is a gold mine. Right. But the problem is now, I mean, people like me, like I get overwhelmed with that. I just don't go in the, there anymore. I still read the email and the email is great. They have an awesome newsletter. So it, it's like, how do you, this is the trick, right? And, and this is, you're going to have this problem because this is going to be huge. I just know it because it's already huge. How do you like curate this community and make it useful without making it overwhelming? Yeah. And if you can figure that out, like, that's gold because that's it's interesting. it's such a powerful community. One, one already, two, yeah. it's it's so well built, and of course it's got bugs and stuff, which I could litany of the things that that I'd like you to fix. But but overall, the foundation and the fundamentals are there. It's like first principles, yeah, a solid first principle, right? People need to get on podcasts. There's no good way to do that. You connect them, and on the on the on the converse side, hosts need good guests. Because good guests create good content. Good content makes more downloads. More downloads makes more opportunity. That's it's fundamental. Like there's no, doesn't matter where with the world ends. Well, with it ends, not, not. I mean, the world end, we're all gone. But like, you know what I mean? It's like <clears throat> no matter what happens in the economy. Yeah, that's a fundamental ground truth, right? 
And, and do you know what as well? I think what's been interesting about the last year is like a lot of people have probably started podcasts or started being on podcasts that wouldn't have otherwise done it because True. like a lot of True. your face-to-face networking or your conferencing or you're, you know, yeah. you're going to talks in the evening, whatever it might be, that's kind of all been replaced with like online events and podcasts. And, uh, you know, even to some extent, like your entertainment is is like, there's so much out there now. So so I think podcasts have played a really crucial role in like, I don't know, managing everyone's sort of uh, happiness and, and knowledge and all kinds of things over the past year. Like without podcasts, I think it would have just not, not as been a tolerable, you know, being sat in your house all the time. So it's, uh, I think that this has potentially been like a, you know, a, a really useful tool like over the past year just to keep people communicating, which I think is really exciting. Well, connected and engaged too. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, for me, even though I guess I'm, like I said, I'm a highly functional introvert. I don't like to network, although I'll do it because I have to. <laughs> yeah. But what do I love to do is I love talking to entrepreneurs about their journey. I love hearing the story. I just love nothing more than like, this is how I did it. I just, I love that because yeah. it's like this connection that is so, it's universal, right? I could talk to an entrepreneur in Africa, Canada, you, you know, Australia, UK, like anywhere in the world. And literally it's like, it excites me to no end. Like, wow, I started here and I went here. Yeah. And, and that is, I mean, for me during this whole pandemic thing, it's like, wow, like the socialization that I would normally have, like go out with buddies, you know, cause I'm in Silicon Valley. I don't have that. I, I can't talk shop, right? Like I need to talk shop <laughs> because well, I mean, but because that's how yeah. we learn. Right. So yeah, it's amazing how many people that I've talked to that I've literally just met on the podcast, talking about what they're doing, interacting, like, again, like this whole show is about like, Hey, we're having coffee. We're getting to know each other. But the community and the connection and the, the, it's, it's, it's an outlet. Like even if no one listens to this, like I love talking to you (laughs) I love talking to the people I talk to because it's like, it feeds me. And do you know what I say to people? Like one, you make a really good point. Um, Sometimes people are very preoccupied with like, oh, I only want to get on podcasts where there's been like, I don't know, 10,000 million downloads or whatever. Like if you if you have the opportunity as a small business owner to start, and I I didn't actually come up with this quote so but it, it was um, someone we interviewed on our blog I can't remember who but I just thought it was a really good way of summing up as a small business owner if you have the opportunity to go down to the town square and and talk you know to like thirty people about your business and do that once a week you'd do it wouldn't you like oh, totally in a heartbeat so, and. and- Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you don't need to be stood in front of a stadium, no. in front of an audience of, of ten or twenty thousand. You can be in front of two. You know, you can be in front of thirty people or a couple of hundred people listening to one episode, and and as long as you're doing that regularly uh, and, and and sort of spreading your reach as far yeah. and wide as you can as, a, as an entrepreneur or a business owner, then that's a, an ideal opportunity to have really interesting conversations, meet fascinating people, like you mentioned, and 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 get some promo while you're at it. Well, yeah. I mean, it just builds. It yeah. builds, right? I mean. I'm sure. Do you know who Zig Ziglar is? I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the most famous sales guy in the world. He, yeah, he he he'd have all these motivational tapes and CDs, like back in the day when you had a CD player, right? Yeah. And and I just I I would listen to his CDs, and I mean I'm not a salesperson at all, like more engineering, but I loved his attitude about speaking and practicing. And he's like, if someone asked you to speak. If it's in front of five people or 500, take every opportunity you can 
until you can't take any more because you need to practice your pitch. You need to practice your approach. He's like, the reason I'm successful salesperson is I get up and I sell. I get up and I talk to people. I doesn't, he said he had this one story where there was this, you know, this club or this, I don't know, like this rotary club that wanted him to speak. And it was like two and a half hours by car from his house. And it's like, there's probably only gonna be like 10 or 15 people. He's like, I'm in. Right. And, and you're like, well, why would you waste your time? And he's like, that's not the point. Like anyone you can talk to any time you are talking and refining your craft, if your craft is pitching, if your craft is podcasting, if your craft is being on a podcast so that you can promote your business, it doesn't matter if one person listens or a thousand people, every shot on goal is an opportunity. In fact, what's really cool is on, on the platform, um, you know, I'm also a guest, right? Like people can reach out to me as a guest. So, so this one kid reaches out to me. He's from, um, he's from Amman at this, you know, small country in, in the Middle East. Uh-huh. He's like 14. Right. And he emails me, Hey, I'd love to have you on my show. And, you know, I'm like, okay, who, who are you? Right. Like, oh, I'm some 14 or 15 year old kid. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Not a problem. Yeah. And we get on the phone and we start talking and, you know, I'm 50, he's 14. So like I, he could be my son, right? but, but, and he's in that, of, he's in the entirely other part of the world. We yeah. have, probably have nothing in common, but what we had in common for that hour, that talk was, he's like, can you tell me, can you like, give me some advice on like, you're older, like, tell me what I should expect. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And he had told me that he had reached out to a hundred people on the platform. Yeah. And he was like, I was thrilled. I was thrilled when you responded. And I'm, I didn't ask him how many people responded, but my guess is less than 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I, I really resonate with that story because I, 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 again, I, I was approached by someone really like very similar. I don't think he was, I think he was a guy maybe in India, very young, just graduated, just finished school. And he, you know, he was obviously incredibly nervous. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come in your podcast. Because I just think, you know, it, as you, you kind of have a responsibility. Like if that gives them yeah. a confidence boost and like, yeah. I'd have loved to have like done that when I just finished school, I was like pretty nervous, really. I was quite an introverted kid, geeky kid. And, um, you know, I didn't, it wasn't until I got off to university that I sort of came out my shell a little bit, but like yeah. at that age, if I got that opportunity, it would have given me like a huge confidence boost for sure. So I think it's great. And actually just to think that like, he's been brave enough to make that move in the first place. Like just, like, yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and approach people and say, yeah. oh, I'm going to be, be, be the host. And I let me interview you. This does brave in itself. I think for someone, someone of that age, certainly. I, I don't mean, know if I'd have had the guts though. <laughs> I don't think Gosh. I would have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he's like 14 and, you know, and, and he, it's just so funny because again, like you can't do them all agreed, you know, like time is valuable, whatever, but you know, what I've found is that, like that, like you said, you help, like, it's not even me helping them. It's just like, I wanted to talk with this kid. Cause it's like, this is going to be pretty interesting. Like I, I can practice, but again, that, that confidence boost is, is worth its weight in gold. Like, and if, if you can do that as a guest or as a podcaster, um, that's what I think is going to make the world a better place. Because I mean, you know, we were talking across culture <laughs> when, yeah. when in, when in history, would a would a fifty year old <laughs> white guy from San Francisco be talking to a fourteen year old kid from you know Mont? Like never, 
Uh, unless, you yeah. know, unless, you know, when I, if I ever got drafted into the army or whatever, and I went over there, right. That's the only yeah. other time. Right. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I God, James, this has been such a great conversation. I, I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing at matchmaker.fm. I just think it's going to be huge and grow just wonderful service and platform and community and man, I just think you're onto something and I just wish you the best of luck. And, uh, I will always continue to, to, <laughs> to, uh, pitch, to pitch it to other people. And like I said, I think before I've, I've got over 20 guests that I've interviewed from the platform. So it's really cool. Awesome. Thanks very much for the, uh, the conversation, Jari. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.